from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I just sit down and we once again talk about our favorite soft drinks. Oh, every week. I, I Every week. I actually recently, uh, there was a Twitter thread about this that I, I laid out. I laid out my top five. Yes. And, and I locked them in. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Are you ready? Yes. Get ready. Uh, fuck. Are you ready? No, I'm not. Hold okay. on. Okay. Well, then get ready. Okay, I'm getting ready. Hold on. I'm putting right. on my soft, putting on my best Coca-Cola hat. I don't know why that gets that voice. But put on I'm, your Zubaz. Oh, let me put on my Zubaz. Your Coca-Cola-themed Zubaz. My Coca-Cola-themed Zubaz that I won in a... um. Is cornhole offensive, or can you call it corn? You can call it cornhole, right? I think it's called. That's what the name of it. That's that's the name that I came to know it as. Okay, I won them in a cornhole competition, uh, in a truth telling competition, actually. Yeah. So, my top five sodas. Are you ready? <laughs> Fuck yes. All right. Number one, fountain, specifically from a fountain diet, cherry vanilla Dr Pepper from like a Coke freestyle machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irresistible. Irresistible. Number two. Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Also fountain. I don't I don't I don't fuck with the bottling cans. Wait, does it even come in a bottle? Yeah, they started bottling and canning it. Oh, I thought it was only available at Taco Bell. Yeah, they started releasing it nationwide and but like I'm like, but I'm not if I'm gonna get it, if I'm gonna be mean to myself, if I'm gonna hurt my body. <laughs> I'm about to say if I'm gonna do myself wrong. <laughs> yeah, if I'm gonna do myself wrong, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit and drive, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go hard. You go hard or you go look, home. I'm gonna hit that car, I'm gonna drive that car off that cliff, go to Taco Bell. Number three, uh Coke made with real sugar. Wait. I'm confused. I'm not a soft drink of what? Made with real sugar. The fuck not corn syrup. You can get that? Yeah, like a Mexican Coke is made oh, with sugar. Oh, those. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Like the bottle soda, like the glass bottle sodas are all made with sugar and not corn syrup, and like the taste is considerably different. Oh, well, fuck. Why don't they just make all the... Never mind. This is... That, that's the super villain question. <laughs> uh, number four, kind of classic Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Or diet, because I feel like I actually don't really taste the difference between diet and regular, so I'll, I'll go with a diet Dr. Pepper. You should do a blind taste test. And then number five is just a plain old can of Coke. I love it. Plain old can of, can of classic Coke. I'm into this. Now, obviously, number one slot would be Corn Fanta, but Coca-Cola continues to suppress any exist any acknowledgement of its existence, so the Fanta conspiracy continues to elude me. I always think you're saying the Fanta core, like the Nova core or the Lantern core, and it makes me very happy to think, well, I mean, the Fanta core does exist. Remember those commercials? Don't you wanna, wanna? Yep. That is the Fanta core, all those different yeah. colors. They're like the Lantern core. One of, which one is death? Is that orange? <laughs> uh, yeah, death is, yeah. Red I mean, is blood. <laughs> Yellow is fear. Death is actually black, is actually grape or black. No, that's like compassion. Well, if we're going by the Green Lantern guidelines, yeah. I can tell you, I can, I can map them all out. At which point, but at which point we would have to talk about what we think black uh, Fanta is, and that's a whole experience. Oh, it's licorice. Oh, yeah, licorice Fanta is definitely the, the soda of death. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. My favorite soda, by the way, is, of course, South Jersey's own Boost. Of course. Boost never got back to me. For those who've been listening <laughs> to this show for fucking years, and remember my ramblings about the company Boost, uh, talk, talk, I can't say takeaboost.com, because it's T-A-K-A boost.com, takaboost.com. They never got back to me. They don't want to sponsor us. Well, fuck, you know, you're missing out. Yeah, Boost. that's on them. That's yeah, on them. I mean, I'm still very interested in partnering with oh, you. Yeah, and- if you're hearing this now for the first time and you've just missed all of our previous emails and calls, yeah. please get at us. Yeah, oh, no. So now you want a piece of us, huh? Now that we've been doing this Jim Jam for a couple of years, now you're interested? Oh, I see how that it is. That sounds great. No, that sounds that lovely. That sounds lovely. Actually, I'm very interested yeah, in uh, I get it. All right, Let's talk about this. All right. We are five minutes into this recording, and that's great. We talked soda, we talked boost, you know, we talked the lantern. Core. We talked sponsorship, we talked business, we talked green lanterns. Let's, Aaron, do we have a prompt this week? We do. Prompt this week comes to us from our prompt submission form. Prompt submitter Princess Simmerine says Some kids in truth are bored, and one of them grabbed a strange scroll from their parents' desk. They all perform the ritual under the harvest moon's light. Something from beyond is ripped across the veil. This is that being's story. Hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So there's like a other dimensional being? Yeah, something from another dimension or another world or another point in the cosmos. So they say here. the veil. It's not our veil, right? Are we using it as like beyond the veil of, you know, like a cosmic horror type story? Or is it something from beyond? Because we have a veil in our world, but it doesn't have to be. What it are can you, be. It can be, but what are you more interested in telling right now? Like a cosmic horror story? Like, you know, a bunch of kids accidentally summoning like something evil? Or summoning like some kind of being from beyond the veil itself? Because there could be like, you know, if you took all the consciousness from like assholes in the veil and called it, it would kind of make like, it might make an asshole. Well, here, I, here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch to you. Okay. Here's what comes to mind immediately. Let's talk a little bit about, like, the veil in fantasy. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that place. Yes. Sort of the veil being the space where dragon used to be before dragon lifted off into the skies. It is a swirling mass of, it is a swirling mass of, like, memories. Yes. That sort of form into sort of a fake court situation. And they sort of create people that are sort of amalgams and sort of patchwork memory beings. Yes. Every memory and every person and every con- every everything yeah. that was there when Dragon lifted off from the sky is saved, it's, basically. It's swirled, or, it's swirled around in a Petri dish and forms this otherworldly environment where things are constantly changing and shifting and, you know, taking on other shapes. Yes. Now, let me pitch this to you. I'm so ready. What if it was just, like, what if you took that, took, like, a piece of that, like a person or a person or a thing or an animal or a plant from that environment? Like, as we had said that, like, anything that is in the veil is fully, is fully a living and conscious while there and then disappears from existence once it exits the borders of the veil. Yeah, like you can't take anything out. It ceases to be once it leaves the confines of like the storm wall. So what if this ritual does the impossible and pulls a piece of that out? Okay. What's going to happen to that piece? That that person 
or that that animal or that plant or that being that thing that es- that entity that consciousness when it is pulled out when it is pulled out like by random chance and then put into a different ecosystem okay okay because that being because that being we said that uh people and the we'll, we'll say, the fay of the veil are a uh, uh, hodgepodge of consciousnesses blended together a bunch of moments Yep. kind of of different people smashed together into like one person like you you said the for example like you step on a rock and it cries out like susan like someone looking for their wife yeah um so if you were to take that it would just be like a hodgepodge it would just it would make a fully formed being but it wouldn't have the memory it would have the memories of like say like a hundred people perhaps yeah and they would be swirling together but then also consider like that that the fay of the veil only exist in this space so like any number of things could happen when like a being is successfully transplanted out of that environment yes like it could turn into it it could be it, it is itself sort of a i'm thinking a little bit like if you were to take almost like wreck it ralph i have not seen it like the premise of wreck it ralph is that like he leaves his video game and, like, his presence in other games starts, like, causing things to go, like, to, like, get weird. Mm. Because there's this presence that's not supposed, like, that he is this uh, being in another space. Okay. And, like, things start, like, I'm almost picturing, I think the best way to describe it that I'm picturing is, like, things is, like, this being essentially glitching out. It's also a little bit, I'm not going to say that because it's spoilery, but there's another, there's another piece of pop culture media that has come out recently that involves people being transported into another reality and then them glitching out. Okay. Something kind of like that. Okay. But I won't say the name because I don't want to spoil it because it's, it's a thing that you should all go see while it's still in theaters because it's still in theaters. Okay. So some kids in truth are bored and one of them grabbed a strange scroll from their parents there's kids you know they're like in fucking middle school kids on bikes you know um they take a scroll from their parents desk and what it just says like you know they all sit in a i don't think they perform like a ritual but like they just happen to be under the harvest moon's light and they're all sitting around in a circle and they kind of like read the incantation they follow they get all like the components they go to the market they get everything They're like, wouldn't this be cool, you know, if we did this? Oh, you got your mom's scroll? Oh, my God. Like, she's so cool. Like, she's a powerful sorceress. Oh, man. And so they're all doing it like in a backyard under the moon's light at like a wooden right. table. And something is ripped from across the veil. So they – this this spell, do they do it right or is it just like, you know, they, they of course fuck something up? Or is this scroll, because an important detail would then be the scroll is to rip something from the veil. Or is it like right. a simple teleportation spell or a transportation spell that they fuck up and they end up like fucking reaching into somewhere they shouldn't? Oh, I like the idea that it's a summoning spell. Well, because I got thought. I want to hear your thoughts because you just made an I, excited I did. Noise. I did. Okay. Because my 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 initial thought is um, pulling from uh, like Full Metal Alchemist type thing, where like someone is pulled into like another plane. One of them gets pulled pretty much into the veil, right? Mm-hmm. And they have to kind of like you know they reach the arm in and pull them out, but something comes out with it. 
Like there's something yeah. like that was my initial p- pitch where it's like, you know, little Jimmy is like, oh, no, and he gets sucked into the veil because like a rift opens, you know, and you're gazing into like, you know, the fey realm of the veil. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Jimmy like walks in. They're like, Jimmy, no. And they pull him out and something else comes out. Or is it like something just walks out of a fucking portal or something else? What was your thought? My thought is that it's a summoning scroll. Oh, okay. It is a thing that summons a thing. I don't think that the scroll writer knows what they wanted to summon. Okay. I think it was just summoning for the sake of summoning. Because I'm about to get into some – I have some pitches for you. Fuck yeah. This is in truth. Yes. It's in the prompt that it's in truth. Part of the history of truth, which you can hear more about in the Justice Judicator episode, Mm -hmm. there is an organization, the Mystery Knights. The Mystery Knights were by an organization following in the example of Madame Mysteria, but they were often doing experiments and science and, you know, and exploring these things for the sake of doing them often kind of recklessly. Like we had said that they were an imperfect organization that was like putting people at danger to just be like, let me test this. Cool. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah. It was just like, hey, I'm going to test this. Oh, my God. It exploded. Well, on to the next thing. On to the next experiment. I love it. The next mystery to be solved. If, say, 20 years later, 30 years later, those mystery knights have just, like, settled into mundane suburban lives, they might still have some of those reckless pieces of equipment lying around. Those scrolls, those those artifacts, those things. They were like, I'm going to write a scroll and it's going to summon something. I don't know what it is, but I know how to summon something. So I'm going to make the most powerful summoning scroll that has ever been created. Okay. Okay. So it's an incredibly powerful summoning scroll. Yes. And it's it's experimental. I'm going to delete my whole pitch because I hate it. No, I think it's fine. Leave in. Okay. So it's an incredibly powerful summoning scroll that reaches unintentionally into the veil, right? And pull something out. What gets pulled out? Is it something bad? Is it something like, you know, it could be like something bad. You know what I mean? Or is it like a person comes? You know, it could Mm. be a beast. It could be, you know, not like a Lemony Locust type figure, but like it could be. But is it something like a person? Okay. Okay. Let's talk for a second about what's in the veil. Because I, I have an interesting pitch of what might be ripped out. Okay. So take a moment. Hi, everybody. This is another episode. It's, it's hard. Um, the Veil is a swirling collection of feelings, emotions, and a snapshot of that moment when it lifted into the sky, right? Yeah. If I were sitting at my desk right now and my city took off, you know, I, and, you know, I didn't ask for that. I might be a little mad. I might be mm-hmm. a little scared. I might be a little frustrated. I might be a little sad. Like, I don't think it's the story of, like, there were people left behind, like, you know, Chrono Trigger, like, fucking the City of Zeal type thing. But I do think that, like, they couldn't go back to fantasy for a while. So I think I'd be a little pissed. So maybe what's reached and pulled out is, like, some being of a collection of frustration, of sadness, of anger... You know, is that the road we're going of the uh, a being that's, like, not nice comes out? Because the prompt says we have to tell the being's story. Right. So it's a we'd have to tell it then after it's pulled out because it 
a being of the Fae uh, doesn't have like a tail, you know, because it's always swirling and changing. I like that, and I want to throw in, I want to throw, throw a wrinkle into it. Okay. Because I've been thinking about this a little bit, and like thinking about like what would come out. And I like the idea that it is a, like, I like the idea that it is this sort of collection of memories of fear, of sadness, of frustration. But going along with the themes of the veil, what if it's just like also a collection of like happiness and joy and and boredom? And it's just, it's just one of these entities, right? So it's like a fully formed person. Yeah, or at least a consciousness, because I kind of want it to be, like, something that is weird. Okay. Because I kind of like the idea that it's just, like, this, like, something comes out, and it is it is partially, like, formed. Maybe if it were in the veil, it would have taken on a human form and just been, like, Bill Chops Hammer, and he's a dwarven chopper. Yeah. But, like, it's instead this, like, otherworldly consciousness that has taken on, like, a shape that is entirely different, and its consciousness is, like, it's not evil or bad, it's just relating to the world in a way that is, like, foreign and different because it has this, it, it, its consciousness is fundamentally incomprehensible. Okay. It's like looking at, like, a 17-sided, like, gemstone of, like, of a mind and a consciousness. Okay. Can I give it you uh, can I can I throw out a pitch to make this a little easier to move forward? I am obsessed yes. with that idea. So, these kids, they read their parents uh summoning spell from a time ago when people were just kind of like fiddling with this incredibly powerful summoning magic after Madame Mysteria left. And they reach into the veil and it pulls out this being this entity of swirling feelings, this this fae that should have no form in fantasy while it's outside yep. of the veil. It comes to these children, yes? It first yep. appears in this backyard. It, I think it has to take a shape. You know, does it have to inhabit something? You know, do like the... Know what, I think it does, but do we want to, like, know what that shape is? Because I've got some tables. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What What is the table? Uh, I've got these stars without number alien creation tables. Oh, shit. I was thinking, like, does it inhabit, like, a suit of armor? But, yeah. Like, it'll give us something weird and alien and cool. Oh, I'm about that. Yeah, let's do it. Give me 2D, give me 2D6 and give me the number separately. Five and five. I got, so it's a, uh, so I asked for two because one of the options on the table is to roll twice and make it a hybrid. Ooh. And what you gave me was it is half exotic and half exotic. <laughs> so it is two separate exotic, like, materials. Let me read to you exo- the exotic entry. Yes, please. Uh, it might be composed of a kind of organic plastic or an intricate array of interlocking crystals and woody organic elements. It can be one or more materials that are not normally part of an animal's body. Things like that. Okay, I, I have an image in my head of what this looks like. Okay. So I'm seeing a uh, a humanoid shape, you know, yep. like, because it's just this swirling thing, but it's kind of comprised of stuff. Like, uh, like their arm is made up of, like, bits of tree and, like, you know, pieces of scrap metal and, like, fingers, like a pinky, a dagger, index finger is, like, a ballpoint pen. Like, just, like, 
a person made of things that kind of come because it had to take a shape in our world. So I think it's just made out of bits of our world, a fantasy. I want to add. I want to add a little piece to that. Hell yeah. The other exotic, if you will. Oh yeah, it's exotic. One is stuff. Stuff. Smoke and dust. What? Just swirl around it. Cool. But it doesn't like dissipate. It just swirls around it, and kind of maybe like billows out and like dissipates at the very bottom. But like it never lessens, and it never like it never stops like smoking and dust swirling. But it kind of forms into like a tassel on the arm. Like, tassels on the arm or, like, a half cape. Like, long hair. Of steam? Of, like, smoke and dust? Of, like, dust and smoke. Yeah, dust and smoke and kind of, like, dirt. So it's this sort of grayish-brown. And I think it changes colors periodically, not necessarily tied to any one, like, emotional state or anything. But it just, like, has these, like, mutton chops that kind of flow of, like, brown dust. And, like, this long hair that is, like, smoke and, like, fog billowing from its forearms as, like, kind of tassels. And it's just, I like, it's, its body is just things, right? Like, its hand is just, like, its hand is, like, stones and pebbles and very finely detailed. But it's just kind of, like, swirling around that is just, like, smoke and dust. I love that it kind of is this, you know... It, it like if you were to look like inside of it, like say it's you ripped a stone off, all you would see is like smoke. Mm-hmm. I love this ghostly thing. It's it's quite cool. Give me some give me some pronouns. D six one two he his three four she hers five six they theirs. So they are a cool being from another dimension brought into fantasy, and the shape they take is smoke. Dust and an assortment of things. What do they want? I mean, they were brought here, you know? They were conjured. They were pulled from the... Because we kind of have to figure out... They said, what is their story? Here's what I want to do. Okay, let's do it. Here's what... I, I have a pitch. Now, I want to hear what... I want to hear the rest of your thought, but I have an immediate Oh, pitch. I was immediately just kind of going to try to break this down so that I could digest it, where I was like, oh, say, so the kids summoned from a scroll out from their backyard, like a, you know, a cut like a rift appears and out floats this like well this mist here's what i picture yes the scroll works but it doesn't look like it works at first everything kind of rattles Mm -hmm. and then stops and then suddenly there's a scream i don't know what the scream says we'll get there because i have a pitch for you there's a scream and then suddenly things just start flying towards like a central point in the room because this consciousness without a body is just sort of like grabbing at anything it can to just like fill the fill the place of like of like phantom limbs, and it's just like it just assembles into a body almost in an instant. It's just like <sighs> all right, okay, and then like, but they have this head full of memories of the that are not theirs, but are also theirs at the same time. These little fragments of images and ideas. But that does form a person. Like Hank and Hawk yeah. Morwind were uh, like were real people. They were real people. So this is like a person. Yeah. They have a life that was entirely given to them at this moment. But it was a life nonetheless. So here's what I would like to do. Okay. I have central casting in front of oh, me. Oh hell yeah. I've just opened it up. I want to roll a series of events of childhood and adulthood. And what I would like to do is two things. As we roll them. They are not connected. 
Mm. So there's no literal progression per okay. se. Yeah, of course. But also I would like to then kind of connect them. You know what I mean? Like not connect them and connect them at the same time if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, no, you kind of see these things and uh, you kind of find out what kind of person this – if if all these things were part of my backstory, what kind of person yeah. would I be? But also at the same time acknowledging that like every winning we roll is like an event that happened in someone else's life. Yes, and how that affects this bigger picture, you know. yeah. I'm a mad, my my image for this is like a dart board and each dart has a memory on it and you're yeah. just throwing them at a wall and then eventually that like make a picture shape yes that it forms. yes yeah. yeah 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 and then and then afterwards cuz I think that the quest here I know you're going to ask me what the character's <laughs> I was, quest is I was I was I think their quest is going to be left a little bit of a question marker and ellipses cuz I think their quest is to know what next is I think they have to ask what's next Right, I think their answer is like, okay, I am, I am here. I am me. I am never going away. I have a life, and I think we'll kind of see where they where they go and what they do once we have seen their life. But I think they are, in a lot of ways, just going to wander until they find home and then make a life for themselves. I mean, yeah, I'm. I mean, maybe because they don't even yeah. know that they're from the Vale. That's true. They, you know what I mean? Like Hank and Hawk yeah. Norwind didn't know that they were Fae. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think these tables will be able to find out, like, if this was in my head, what do I want? Who am I? It's this is a this is a this is a neat episode because I feel like we're doing the normal fantasy children thing. Yes. We are doing it in a very meta way and it's getting real weird yeah, and into it. I really like this. All right, let's go to a special events of adulthood. Where do we want to start with adolescence? Um, let's start with adolescence. Let's get a young person in there. Okay. Give me a D20. So, yeah, this is when this is the story of the this is an event of an adolescent that's blended in there like in dragon that day there was an adolescent and this was an event in their life before you do that give me a d100 because i'm going to ask you for a d100 before every one of these okay because i want to know because if this is a memory from someone's life their life situation might be different 54 comfortable okay so So give me a d20 add zero seven character has a religious experience okay how the experience begins give me a d10 four an inner need. The character feels they must seek out religion. Hmm. No, it's an adolescent feeling like they need to seek out religion. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That says to me that they are, like, perhaps aimless or, like, well, I guess, and we'll see what the event is, but that says to me that this is this was a young person that felt aimless, felt like they wanted a sense of direction, of belonging. To find, they wanted to find something that they could believe in, almost an idealist. Yeah, like search for something bigger than themselves. Perhaps was it after? Are they going? Is there a table to tell us what happens? There are like, a, there's another table we can roll on, but I'm personally not fond of any of the results on here. I feel like they all kind of get a little icky. Yeah. So let's leave it. I think that's a good place to leave that at. Yeah, is just we can leave it broad hey, and fill in the deets ourselves. Yeah. Because I think what's important here is, like, they're experiencing this in broad strokes. Their name is Fantacore, F-A-N-T-A-C-O-R. Fantacore? Fantacore. That's the character's name, like the Fantacore? That's the character's God name. God damn it. Okay, so Fanta. Fantacore, one word, one Fantacore. name. Fantacore, Jesus. Is it Fanta for short? No, I think I think they prefer, I think they prefer just Fantacore. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fuck. 
<laughs> so um, this child's memory that's in them, this adolescent who is searching for religion, can I give you a pitch? Yeah, please. This kid, when they were in Dragon, uh, the day that it kind of happened, they were going through a really rough patch in their life. Yeah. They had just lost someone very close to them. Yeah. And they were kind of trying to figure out, like, I think this is going to be a good fuel. I'm not <laughs> using the death of this fictional person to fuel this story at all. So this kid was searching for, like, you know, where has this loved one gone? You know, where where is their consciousness now? Like, what? where are they? Yeah. And I think that's... So in Fanticore, in this, in this being... Fanticore? <laughs> this being... They kind of have this search for, like... I feel like it's a like, cool fan. I feel like I heard it and was like, that's a cool fantasy name. Like, it's silly, but it's also kind of like a neat fantasy name. So Fanticore is what? Searching for someone or something? Yeah. Or they're searching... They have a sense of... They have a longing. They have a longing and a desire to find something. To find, to find something to hold on to. Okay. What it is, we're not sure of. But, like, they know that they have this desire to seek something out and to find something. Where are you going? Well, to fight? No, he's not gone like that. You have to understand, he isn't coming back. You can't go find him. Then I'll find something. It's not fair. I know. But life's not fair sometimes. The world's not fair. But I'm telling you, she's a part of you now. She's a part of all of us. Give me a D100. 68. Also comfortable, give me a D20. 13. This is going to be an encounter with a non-human. Okay. All right, give me a D20. 10. It is an encounter with a halfling. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So this is the second person, yes? This is Yeah, this a, is another memory. This is an adolescent? Yes. Okay. Fanticore has an experience where, what, they were friends with a halfling, they loved a halfling, it was their first crush, is it their first friend was a halfling? A crush immediately leaps out to me, so, like, I think it is that it was that their memory is of a young, uh, of a young person, dragon, uh, like, writing a love letter, writing a confession, Writing an admission of, like, I think that I like you in a romantic way. I think I would like to date you. And then suddenly Dragon lifts off the ground. Oh, right? that's – ain't that the way? Like, and I think, yeah, I think that there's there's two halves of that for Fanticore. There is, like, that sense that that sort of romance feeling is in their heart. And then also a sense of sadness of, like, that never – that feeling never got shared. Yeah, and a feeling of um a, a feeling of like unfinished business. You know what yeah. I mean of like oh, I was supposed to go uh, this person asked me out and like the this this young dragon was about to go on a date with a halfling, right? Like their first date. They're about to go to the movies and they're putting on their favorite shirt. They're like putting on like a little tie and like a hat and they're like, "Okay, I'm ready." <laughs> the city lifts off and it's just like that feeling of like, I never even got to go on my first date. Mm-hmm. You know, that shitty feeling of like, ah. So I think in Fanticore, how does that translate? A feeling of wanting to do things. Okay. Because it kind of, it, it, it spurs in, it ties into that feeling of, it almost ties into that feeling of like, cur- of like wanting to belong. It's that feeling of like wanting to belong, wanting to connect, wanting to 
feeling like you constantly have more to accomplish and more that you need to do and see and more people to talk to. Okay, so this is a very social being. This is someone who longs for... Just wants friendship and wants experience, wants life experiences, but from other people. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ahem. You look very handsome tonight. You look very handsome tonight. You look very handsome tonight. Damn it. Who are you talking to? Nobody. Nobody. I'm sorry. I'll be down in a minute. Get this car started, please. Thank you. I've been waiting a long time to tell you this, and I feel like this is the perfect time. So, I'm just, just gonna come right out and say, I have the biggest crush on you. I have for so long, and I've been waiting for the perfect time to- Alright, the car is started! Let's go! Huh. Uh, give me another d20. I'm just going to start auto-rolling the D-hundreds because it's faster. That's fine. Uh, Ten. Ten. Give me another D-20. This is a special event of childhood. Eight. A character and a friend discover... The character and friend discover a secret hiding place near their home. So this is the story of two best friends. Two children who find, like, a little magical spot. What's a little... Give me a little magical detail about a location. Something something small that, like, a child might find in treasure. Hmm, like of the place? Yeah, of a tiny little hiding spot somewhere in the city of Dragon. Oh, okay, I have one. It's uh, perfect. Give me. So, in a park where two kids used to play, they would play every day after school at 4.30. They would meet up, and they would play Heroes, and... One of the and where they would hide all their gear, all their equipment, all their he- heroic like you know their weapons and armor was just in a simple knot hole of a tree in a park. And it seemed to be infinite, right? Like you could hide everything in there, and then like anybody else, like bullies would come by and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna take your weapons," and there would be nothing. And it would be it's just about like, and it's just about you have to know exactly the right angle to look at it. Oh, I love. So that's it. what that's what that's a memory that Fantacore has, and and it kind of what does that say? What does that? How does that change Fantacore? Like having this memory of these two young people in their magical their magical hiding tree. On the count of three, we will say the secret incantation and hide our treasures from Serath, the Carrion King. Are you ready, Captain Awesome? I am ready, Sir Noble. Spirit, Spirit of, of the, the tree, tree, send our, our treasures to worlds beyond. beyond. Did it work? I don't see it anymore. I do. You don't see it anymore. It's gone. Oh, I don't see it anymore. Oh, Captain Awesome, it's gone. Because oh, it can only be seen by people who are truly best friends. I'm your best friend? Yeah, you're my best friend. Of course you're my best friend. We've been hanging out every day after school for like a year now. Of course you're my best friend. Cool. I think it means that they are an imaginative person. You know, yeah. they are someone with a, a deep well of imagination, like constantly, and I think it fits perfectly with this character, with constantly wanting to be somewhere else. They're constantly off somewhere else. And, you know, I think that combines really nicely with wanting, uh, searching for something from the religious role that we got, like searching for what's, what else is out there, what's beyond, because if, you know, you're in Dragon, I always think they have like a connection with the stars and stuff like that. 
you know, where it's like you look off into space and you wonder, like, what else is out there? Like, are are those stars, my loved ones, like, blinking down at me? And combined with the second role, which was like an unfinished date, combined with this imaginative thing, I think Fanticore is someone who would, if they saw the veil, be like, what is beyond? I think this is a an adventurer. This is someone who questions. This is someone who searches mm-hmm. and wonders and has a sentimentality to them where, you know, they, they, hide, they hide these things in a knothole, this kid. And even though even maybe that goes through their adulthood, if this person from the knothole would have grown up, I think that still would have been a very big part of their lives. Like this, this is where they put like their actual valuables later on. It's if they treasure their imagination and they know its value and combining all these things together, I think this is Fanticore is like a gentle, imaginative uh person who like wonders what else is in our world. Like there has to be something. Okay, this is a detail I will say. Fanticore wonders what what is beyond the world that what we can just see and feel, you know? Yeah. And I think that is something that is a there's a deep calling to them that they're like, I know there's something to this world that's more than just the magic that we cast. There has to be something else out there, I think is a thought in their head. Hey Aaron. Yeah. This is an actual genuine question. Okay. But and, like, the answer might be yes, and so this might get thrown out. Have we ever decided who Rose is? Oh, shit. We... I think in Evelyn's Skyline, did someone come to Evelyn and be like... I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that... I think that's okay. where we nipped that one in the bud. Just check. Just check. Okay. That was, a, that was throwing, out an, throwing out an idea. Yeah. Because, well, then, either way, I think that I already feel like I have a pretty clear idea of where Fanticore goes. Because this is, like, you know, it's, fantasy is a super mysterious world. Okay, my question for you is, before we go a little further, does Fanticore, Fanticore comes out of, like, a rift, yes? Do they know that? Do they know that they're from somewhere else? I think they piece it together pretty quickly. Like, not exactly where, but all these things mixed together and being like, I don't know where I am. And yeah, they're just yeah they they're far they know they're far from home and it adds to that feeling of like missing something. Yeah, I think what we're describing with these roles we just got is someone who's they're missing something from their life. They're looking for fulfillment, and they have like a deep, imaginative, wonderful fantasy brain where like you know they they have a playful side from this not whole thing and they're very sentimental and they. They they value things is what I like. I don't know. There's something that I appreciate with the story of someone hiding, you know, their their treasures in the knothole mm-hmm. as a kid. There's something that I love about that so much that keeps I'm like it keeps tugging at me of like what does this say about a person who you know maybe initially they didn't they they believed it was magic. And then through the work of their own magic, it became so. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was just a knothole in a tree. But what does that tell us about this person now in the present? What does this tell us about Fanticore? I keep coming back to Rose's guy. Okay. Even if they're not Rose, either I have two kind of pitches. Yep. Either they are one of the one of the first Rose's guide writers. Because what it says to me is they're someone that is interested not just in people but in places. And in like the experiences that are held in places. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's magical because it's a magical tree. But it's more magical because it is the special thing that was shared between two people. Yes. Like, that's what that says to me, is that it is a person that that knows that this world is full of magic, but it only matters if 
people can experience it in a way that respects the place and that honors the place. So that's why I keep coming back to Rose's Guide as a thing. Rose's Guide being the travelogue of fantasy, the collection, a newsletter of places that are special and that are that are described so that they can be undisturbed but shared and experienced by people throughout fantasy. Okay. What uh, so the the idea of Rose's Guide so the idea of they're they're searching for something and they're helping are they helping map it out or do they just want to experience you know because what satisfaction they want they said they're if they're looking for something right mm-hmm. they're they're searching for some what is it that they're searching for what fulfillment would they have you know is it just like life experiences do they want to be do they want to live a normal life or do they want some supernatural experiences? You know what I mean? Because Rose's Guide shows you it's to show people the beauty of fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, and the 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 unexplored and underappreciated areas of this world where this person is looking for something, you know, that they have an unfinished need to find something bigger than themselves. Is this someone who, you know looks for the the knot holes of fantasy you know what i mean the magical places the magical locales the no i love that i think that's what i wanted it's that i think it's that and i think it's the it's it's part that and part like they're looking for connection because their stories are like you know a lost love someone looking for religion which is to say looking for you know the things that the things that you get from religion are like, you know, community, understanding, understanding of yourself, understanding of the people around you. This is someone that is looking for human connection. I was, yes, I'm thinking that like, you know, let's be real. Uh, Fantacore comes out and like, what are these these kids run? Is that the like, you know what I mean? Like, I like, yeah, I think I, I kind of I almost like that. I almost like that. They're just left kind of by themselves to slowly like understand who they are. Like they don't look like other people in fantasy you know they look what someone would describe as like a monster or something you know i'm i i kind of see this wandering like being being like i i don't know like what they step out of the portal what's the first thing they like want to do is it just like hello like you know is it that kind of idea i want to avoid making it too much like speaker you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I'm trying to figure out what it is that they're after in this, like as a as a character. Like if this is a character in a fantasy story, what is the quest then is, you know, being a part uh-huh. of a community. Like the obstacle in their way would be everyone's afraid of them. Is this like a Frankenstein's monster type story? I don't think so. I, I see it as like... This is hard. This is a hard one. I see it as one of fantasy's many like wanderers. Okay. And I see it as somebody that, like, wants to see all of the things. I think that why I keep coming back to Rose's Guide. I think, I, I think I'm, I'm okay with it moving into a separate direction, but I think here's why I keep coming back to it. It's because this is someone that wants to see these magical things, but also, like, hear their stories and, like, experience them that way. Yeah. Seeing it's not going to be enough for them. They have to, like, hear that story and, tell, and hear, hear, like, what it means to someone. So I kind of love the idea that they are mapping out, they they go off, because I think the first thing they want to do is find that person that they never got to, like, apologize to. Ooh. They have this memory of a person that they let down. Yeah. And they're like, I have to find them. And as they go to find them, they realize, 
they start to realize who they are, what it means that they are who they are, what their memory, well, you know, that their memories may not be their own memories. And then suddenly it becomes, it doesn't matter. You know, it becomes that they want to collect all of these memories, right? Like they want to be their own form of the veil walking around fantasy. They want to collect memories and by collecting memories, by hearing people's stories, maybe they map out fantasy by mapping out the stories of the people. Can I throw you a pitch? Yes. Fanticore isn't a fantasy. They're in truth. And they they leave because they want to see more. Perhaps they find a copy of Rose's Guide, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, oh, that's interesting. And they're traveling around. Do they... Because my, my thought is like, you know, they want to see the world, yes. Because who doesn't? And mm-hmm. like, they're they're looking... They have these memories, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they have a childhood memory... That doesn't have to define their entire existence type thing. Yeah. Like they're searching for something that is, that gives them fulfillment. Yeah. But they are a being that kind of doesn't belong here. You know, they don't Mm -hmm. belong in this time, in this world. And I kind of am curious as to like, okay, my, my, the, the, what's in my head, I'll be honest, is they're in a town, they're in a small town and the wagons are coming. And Catch Cavalier puts on their show. Mm-hmm. And Catch Cavalier is like, can I get, uh, you know, who would like to go first? So that means that Fanticore has watched a funeral. You know, the funeral happens and Fanticore is just being very polite, standing in the back, like observing. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I feel like I'm. this sucks. I feel I'm very frustrated with like what this person wants because it's like it's great to see the world. Ah, I don't know. I'm very frustrated because I, I see something. There's so much potential in this character to have a story of like someone who is missing something like they are literally missing something being like they're not even a complete person. They're this hodgepodge of like magic energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to figure out what that story what it means to be that person you know you know you are an incomplete version of like a bunch of stuff you're literally a bunch of things and like how does that make you feel being like you know your whole life is incomplete moments you know the fanticore's entire being is made up of missed opportunities and i never got to finish this and uh you know they're almost like what we think of like a ghost where it's like they have unfinished mm-hmm. business in this world and like what that what it feels to be that person in a world that's kind of like idealistic and utopian sucks and i don't want them to be like a being of sadness but, like, I kind of ex- see them as being, like, they travel the world, like, looking for just something to, you know, make them... I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to do. I'm so lost here. You know? This is fucking... Mm-hmm. Well, probably, for me, like, the hardest thing we've ever discussed. Because there's this gaseous clump of stuff walking through fantasy that, what, are people afraid of Fantacore? You know, are they doomed to a life of loneliness and searching and unfinished things? Do they ga- do they eventually find the veil and just like gaze into it, or or does someone tell them who they are? Like, you know what I mean? I, uh, I feel like there's something here because what we know is that it is a hodgepodge. It is a is a, it's a fae. This is a fae, mm-hmm. you know, in fantasy, 
and they want human they want connection they want to discover something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. that's what they're after yeah so how do you go about getting that just living a life what do you like buy a house and like start going to the bar and like start hanging with people do you join an adventuring party do you you know get a job do they go from place to place just like getting new apartments and like you know experiencing what it's like to be a person in a community my gut says that they go like interview people okay because like if you're looking for human connection like they come to realize that they're that these memories are the story are memories of other people yeah right and they realize that you know even though they know that like they were not the ones to hide weapons and hide treasures in the knot hole that still feels real to them like knowing that story feels real to them so like in my in my head they're looking for human connection so they go and they go and want they go from city to city place to place and just like talk to people and like here like i'm picturing it as like almost a quest line of like they go and they meet with someone you know they go and they meet with someone who tells them about this magical place and then they go and find that place because like i said the first thing that they remember the first thing they think their first impulse is i have to go find this person who never got an answer to whether or not they were they were going to be at like they were going to go out on a date yeah so it becomes i'm going to find this person they find maybe they find this person and like you know they explain themselves and there's you know they they they, they calm them down and say listen i am an emissary of such and such so and forth and i wanted i have come a long way to tell you what they never got the chance to oh and so they tell them their they tell them yes they wanted to they wanted to see you and to to date you more than anything in the world and they never got the chance but like like they wanted you know they they wanted you to know that and so from there it becomes they take talk to this person and they learn their story and then from there they are told like well when i was a ki- you know when i was a kid there was a waterfall where the water flowed up and it was like okay well then i'm going to go see that like that's a like i want i want that memory because you know, I want I want to add that to my memories, right? Like yeah, I heard yeah. your story, and now I want to add that to my memories. Which is why when I say like I they I think they become like their own version of the veil, and that they hear someone's memory, and then they go, "I'm going to go find that." Or like if they hear like my great regret was that I never got to like climb to the top of this mountain. They climb to the top of that mountain, and they sit and they look, and they say, "Okay." You know, I may not be the person that that wanted this, but like to know that someone out there said that this was a dream of theirs, because they also have, you know, they have they don't require food or sleep yeah. or get tired. So like, I I like the idea that they are going and you know seeking connection and finding those connections by like hearing people's stories and then telling them the stories of like I climbed them, you know, coming back and saying like I climbed the mountain. Like let me sh- like let me tell you about it, and they tell the story, and they share a moment together, and it's just there this sort of wandering storyteller saint who like comes to you and says like what is what is what is a story you know what is a story that is treasure to you what is a place that is that is special to you tell me about it, and then they go find it, and then they come back, and the two of you share your memories of it together. Okay, I that gives me a really good pitch. So you said that. They eventually realize that, like, these memories are not my own. Mm-hmm. So they've been journeying. Fanticore has been journeying and experiencing people's lives 
you know, and, oh, I've never climbed to the top of, you know, this waterfall that, you know, I've never looked up. I've never looked down at the waterfall that comes up. And so they go Uh and they're experiencing, they meet a person who's like, oh, when I was a kid, God, uh, you know, I was supposed to go on this date, you know, and when I was just getting my tie and hat on, (laughs) the city started flying into the sky. And like, you know, I was stuck on dragon for a long time and I never got, and they're like, wait, that's, so I think they meet one person, right? Mm -hmm. They meet the person who's never been on the date. And I think a mm-hmm. part of them wants to go and find all the people who are still alive who make them the person that they are, you know, because they would obviously hear about, they would know what the veil is by now. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine Fantacore standing, you know, on a butte looking at the veil and being like, that's where I came from, but that's not who I am. I'm not a fae. I'm not a fae. I'm Fantacore. I'm me. Yeah. And they go on this quest to kind of find the people who make them them yeah. and see where they're at now and see what their lives are now and kind of second, like, you know, fill fill in the gaps of their own life, like what they're doing, kind of like develop these friendships yeah. with the people who make them who they are. I think we did it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the character is they are someone who wanders and, and shares stories and you know, connects with the people. They, they're looking for that human connection and they're looking with for that human connection, which like specifically is like who makes them them. And they're looking to see the things that those people saw and to be able to say like, you know, their quest is I want to be able to say that these are my memories. Yeah. And part of that is to part of that is to get that closure of like, this is your story. It's not my story. Yes, that's but like, oh. I can still see that waterfall. Like that can be my memory. Yes. Uh, but it's also about finding the closure of like, I'm never going to have the moment where I ask someone on a date and dragon flies away. And, and coming to that closure moment and saying, that's not my story. I want to know that story because it's something that is, a, it is intrinsically a part of me and saying, okay, then I'm going to, Go and find that person and hear their story and hear their memories and fill in those gaps. And then the, the memories that are just standing at a waterfall where the water runs up. It's like, well, I that I, I might never find the person who stood at that waterfall, but I can stand at that waterfall myself and make that memory my own. Oh, my God. So they oh, you're this is what was that's this is why I got so frustrated earlier, because the, the word closure is what locks this in for me, where it's like, I kept thinking of a person who has memories that aren't their own. And I'm like, what do you do with those? Once you realize that that's not you, what do you do? And it's like, you go and live them, you go and experience these things yourself, you find the people who had them even and like develop a relationship with them. But you also like, you make them your own, you seize it uh-huh. yourself. And that's God, that's the piece that we were missing. That's what I was like just dying for like over here. Like, what do you do with this feeling of unfinished? And it's like you get closure. That's what you do. You you make your own life. You know, you you forge it yourself. Fuck. So there's this person wandering or there's this being wandering around fantasy that can be that like can come up to you at any time and be like, Aaron. Aaron? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yes. And it's like, do you want to go, you know, to the edge of the world where, like, where dragon meets the sea? And I'll be like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Okay, let's go. 
and it's like oh, how did oh this person's from drag you know what i mean like they know uh-huh. they know so much about so many people and i think they want to help them finish that business and also do it themselves because that that person is equally then a part of them mm-hmm. god do we want to roll on some tables and wrap it up fuck yeah let's roll on tables i need to know more about uh, them i've got the romer background oh yes it's a fan-made fifth edition background i'm about it you have spent your life in the company of nothing but your thoughts wandering from place to place with no clear purpose in mind that sounds yes yes all right give me a d8 for personality trait four friends what are friends fuck i think they're they almost have because they have to become aware of like people right yeah yeah they have to understand that what they are doing is like making friends like they have to learn they they are straight up an otherworldly consciousness learning what it means to be to like make friends and to be alive and to do all of those things it's like you said this is someone that has to learn how to be alive yeah how to be and so yeah part of it is like figuring out what is a friend and how to make them and how like what it means to have one because that's not something that they are innately familiar with no like that's a base level consciousness that when they first come out of the portal this is like hi i have a bunch of memories of unfinished business but like i don't know how to like you know walk through the woods side by side with someone sharing stories or like listening and like you know becoming someone who is you know respectful of another person yeah damn give me a d6 for an ideal animal d6 go three frog Freedom. People should be free to pursue their goals, no matter what their consequences. I think Fanacore is very much like, yeah, I don't know. I've always dreamed of like, you know, seeing the great pines of Geode. And they're like, let's go right now. Do it. And it's like, but I have work. And they're like, no, let's go. Fuck work. You need to, why do you need to work? You live in a fantasy where you can do whatever we want. Yeah, they don't, they don't have the greatest understanding of like. Responsibilities. <laughs> right. They're just, can I think, because I think they are, they are responsibility lists. So they have that that freedom to go to do those things and so they're just like okay well let's go if you're not gonna go i'm gonna go because i i want to do it it's a little bit selfish at times it's a little bit selfish but also like it's just because they they you know they have a playfulness to them that's just like well let's just go do it like if that's what you i don't understand i don't understand if that's what you want to do why don't you go do it you know but i have like a family Mm -hmm. well i mean you can bring them oh i can't just do that you know it's that kind of mentality of kind of annoying a bit of times, like why don't you just go do it? Well, because life is because life is complicated. Go have yeah, go have fun. Give me a d six for a bond. Two fish. My old life still holds a place in my heart, and I would do anything to return to it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, part of them kind of just wants to be one person. They want their own life. They want a life that is theirs. Yeah, and that's what, like these memories are great, but like I'd rather replace them with my own. You know what I mean? I'd rather yeah. once I've learned that these aren't mine, that there's someone I've met someone whose memories these are, I kind of just want to experience life and do my own thing. Yeah. Perfect. Give me a D6 for a flaw. Four, turtle. My secrets are my own, and I don't see why I should have to share them with anyone else. Hmm. They nonetheless remain a little closed off. They maintain a distance. They, they you know, they have these connections. Because I think that also ties into why they struggle to, like, make friends, because they're like... They have this, like, mission that is theirs that is kind of hard to understand from, like, the perspective of, a, of, of someone without – from someone not of their – in their position. So, like, it, so it is a challenge for them to, like, open up and share because it's 
honestly just hard to comprehend and it's hard to explain. So I think they just close themselves off to a certain yeah, extent. Like people do not understand what it's like to like someone saying like, I've always wanted to visit the veil or visit dragon. Like if you look off in the distance and see that it would be a feeling of, it would be a, not a great feeling of like, you wouldn't exactly feel like you belong in this world knowing that you're literally another worldly being. Yeah. You know, and it kind of would create a feeling of, poop feels to be honest but also like this person is incredibly driven so that's the that's the positive in this but i love it's complicated. it complicated i think that's a wrap Ooh, god i think that's we a wrap on fanticore the gas dust being from the veil we got there uh thank you princess simarine for your prompt uh if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own to our show for each in a future episode there are a gajillion ways to do it Yes, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can uh, go to allmyfantasychildren.com and use the content submission form, or you can post them to our bit our Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord. Yeah, we need your prompts. Spam away any ideas you have. And while you're on our website, be sure to check out our Bandcamp, where you can find the music from our episodes that cost a whole zero dollars. Check out our Wikipedia page, curated by the amazing Katie Collup. And um, while you're on the internet, why don't you visit uh, partyofonepodcast.com and listen to Jeff's other show. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, All My Fantasy Children is part of the One-Shot Podcast Network. The One-Shot Network is a collection of podcasts, live streams, uh, content focused on making the world of tabletop role-playing games more inclusive, fun, more better, excellent. It is a wonderful group of shows. Uh, check out Asians Represent. It is a, it is a look at... Uh, Celebrating the brilliant Asian commuters in the gaming community while examining the challenges they face within the industry. It's a great show. I highly recommend it. I, I, I think it's a can't miss. Go check that out at OneShotPodcast.com. Yeah. Verbal hug this week. I, I have one from my frustrations for from this episode. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain how this episode was difficult for me. Let some things go. If you have, if you're have, if you're in a rut, if you're in a creative divot, which I was during this episode, I'll be real. I got so stuck in worrying about telling this complete story that I kind of couldn't do it. I kind of got fell into a hole and couldn't dig my way out until we got to the very end. It's okay to, you know, be a little lost in the creative sauce sometimes. Because when you surrender to that, I think you will be able to dig your way out and it'll be a little easier to do. But just like if you're in a creative writer, if you have writer's block, if you have some kind of creative, you know, block, it's okay. You know, just live in that, accept it for what it is, and move on. If you need to throw a little hissy fit mid-episode, you know, that's fine too. But <laughs> just know that, like, you know, it'll be over and the story will get told and, you know, you will get out of the creative rut and life will go on. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I, I got. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think it's perfect. It's perfect verbal hug. Um, is that it? I think that's it. Ah. So until next time, good, good night, night good, good game. game.